0: You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Aira by Lyra Kara on AO3 The sun lays its hands on her. It grips her gently, its palms on her shoulders, brushing slowly down over her arms. A cascade of gentle heat down her back. She lifts her face to it, eyes closed. It whispers over her eyelids, slips over her cheeks, covering the scars on her neck and chest with a golden hue that her skin hungrily absorbs. Her body changes beneath the watch of the sun. It browns, shimmers, heals itself from the cold of her past. She stands at the edge of the small, private, iridescent blue infinity pool, The warm water is only as deep as her chest, and it is so clear that she can see the bright red of her toenails flickering beneath the surface. The scene before her is almost too much, and she takes a deep breath before she allows herself another glance. She grips the squared lip of the pool to steady herself, and the tumbling water splashes over the back of her hands, drifting across her knuckles and her fingers before disappearing over the side. The sun finds her ring finger. Her lashes are wet, then, as salty as the endless Indian ocean that is spread out before her. This ring is more than a symbol of love. Look at it and remember that it is your home. Here with me. Now. Three days ago, he had leaned closer when he'd said it to her, his voice so low, so gravelly that she doubts anyone else could have discerned the promise he'd made to her. She'd been shaking so badly that he'd gripped her fingers, letting her process seeing her hand entrenched in his. When she had steadied, she'd given him an nearly imperceptible nod, permission to continue. Slowly, carefully, he'd slipped it on her. She had almost gasped, and when she had swayed from the invisible weight of it, he had caught her forearm. She had lifted her face to his then, and the quiet peace in his intense eyes had settled her. The center stone is flanked by two infinity symbols, studded in diamonds. It is far more than she needed, and despite the balanced beauty of it, it is the inscription that she wears against her skin which roots her most. I'd give you my heart. He wears a band now, too. Like hers, it is inscribed. Not if I gave you mine first. The ocean breathes and swells before it exhales, as does she. The waves roll towards her, lazy and unhurried. Some barely curl, content to just drift closer. Out here, everything is slow and warm. Even the wind doesn't put in any effort. Somehow, they are in a resort villa embedded deep in an ocean across the world from where they have suffered and survived, broken and thrived. He'd pulled a miracle out of a hat, the trip to the Maldives, a wedding gift from an old friend in Italy. For the next eight days they will live here, the waves licking around the sturdy stilts that hold them. They are at the very edge of the row of Villas, completely secluded from any human company at all. It's just them, and this. This ocean is not the tumultuous waters of the Atlantic. This ocean is clear around them, filled with mantas and turtles, eagle rays and oriental sweet lips. When they had arrived last night, the lights beneath their villa had illuminated a group of bright blue parrotfish. And as of this moment, a regal gray heron sits unperturbed at the other end of their deck. A hammock is stretched out there between the planks an invitation to nap later above the water her chest is too full and the pressure comes bubbling out of her as a surprised bark of laughter sent traveling out on the wind god that sound he rumbles reverently as he steps out of their room behind her she tucks her chin into her shoulder and looks back at him shielding her eyes the ocean he's formidable as he stands there exuding strength that makes even the sea behind her seem meek. His lips lift just a little bit as he shakes his head. No, he murmurs, eyeing her as if he had not just hushed her moans against his neck thirty minutes ago. Your laugh. The sun-drenched shadow of him is blurry as she presses her eyes shut. The water around her rearranges an homage as he steps into the pool with her. The sounds of his movements are muted by the ocean, and the gentle lull of music that emanates from their room, the floating notes gracing them for just a moment before evaporating into the humid air. She stays, facing the ocean as he aligns himself behind her. A growl escapes him as he snakes one hand around her bare stomach beneath the surface. His palms rest there, just above the line of her modest black bikini. Instead of pulling her back against him, he steps forward, until the thick hard wall of his chest presses into her back. It's her turn to moan with appreciation. She sinks into him, head instinctively dipping backwards to rest against his shoulder. She could sleep like this, held up by him in the ocean and the hope that permeates this place. They are not touched here. They are not marred or damaged. They are not burdened or weighted. Here, they float. Here, they are no different from the white terns that swoop and soar around them. Here, they are not warriors. They are simply humans, their lives no less valuable than anyone else's. Her breaths are deep, full, slow. His mouth slips lazily against the hollow of her shoulder. The numbers tell our story he'd said to her as they had stood before their families and a few friends in the small garden attached to his loft. He had been focused on her eyes, speaking only to her and God. The numbers of my badge are 6313. They add up to 13. For the number of years I was given the chance to be by your side. And your badge, 4015, which adds up to the 10 years you kept up the fight alone. His thumb had swept across the swoops of the ring he had just put on her. And the final number? Infinity. Because God knows this will never, ever end. Maybe she had fallen asleep, buffeted by the ocean and him, because when she opens her eyes, the sun seems slightly lower in the sky, the thick haze of late afternoon, and the horizon feel tangible. His hand pulls her back harder her ass swaying against him. Everything within her is still. Everything without feels far off in a seeping distance. My wife, he murmurs possessively. He doesn't say it to her. He's talking to something beyond them, above them, around them. He's staking a claim, and he is the only one allowed to make it. The heron seems to understand the message. It flaps its wings expands to its four-foot wingspan and takes flight, as if it has someone to tell. It sails across her line of vision, a shadow that flashes before the sun as it rises with purpose. Her heartbeat is heavy, real, the even drumbeat of a soldier who has finally stepped on his own shore once again. Live. His voice is deeper out here. He's quieter, more inclined to just be. She turns easily in his arms, his arm slides around her waist, and she gives her back to the majestic panorama of water. She immediately buries her face in his neck, synchronizing her breaths to his. When his chest expands, hers contracts, as if they're absorbing each other. It's what he'd been asking for. Yeah, he says, resting his chin against her head. Just like that. She palms his chest, her ring a glimmering beacon to the open sky as she says nothing. Instead, the ocean whispers to him, speaking for her. On the other side of the world, her son will soon wake for school. There are other people who love him and care for him now. A family that enveloped both of them. One that feels like it might have always been just a little bit hers, too. They are both safe these days, folded into something bigger and stronger than they had been alone. She is soaking wet at the moment, having half fallen backwards into the wondrous ocean that swirls around her hips. They had taken the stairs that descended from their deck into the salty waters, and he would playfully grabbed for her. The sea life isn't afraid of them. It is she who uncharacteristically shrieks when a small blackfin shark circles and circles the stilts to her left. They don't bite, he laughs. It's just a baby shark. She rolls her eyes. Don't put that song in my head. Noah used to sing it incessantly. She can tell he's about to gleefully start singing it, and it won't leave her head for days if he starts. She lunges for him, trying to cover his mouth with her hand. He could easily sidestep her in the pull of the water, but instead he comes closer giving himself over to her. She reaches for his shoulders, realizing he is unmoved by the ocean. He is able to stand still, an anchor for her to grab onto. He is a carved, sacred monument, Neptune commanding his territory. He overwhelms her sometimes, no longer the young cop with ideals and justice on his mind. Instead, he's this, now powerful and bisected by muscle and fury and history. Everything on him is harder, his body, his determination, his conviction. He loves harder now, too. He loves her with a visible, ferocious vengeance, and it calms her. The evening sun seems to sit on his shoulders, and it creates a black hole where he'd once taken a bullet over a dozen years ago. It's a place her hand had once been, as she had tried to stop the bleeding, as she had tried desperately to keep him with her. He's with her now. Still. Again. The knowledge slams into her, as it sometimes does. The startling disbelief that he is all hers. You're my husband, she gasps. His eyes darken, unsurprised by the sudden switch in her mood. He knows what happens next. She is on him then, her fingers on an old bullet wound as if she still has to heal it. Soon they are replaced by her mouth as she sucks the salt water off of his skin. She almost bites at him there, desperate for survival in an instant. Her thumb pushes into the divot of the wound as she moves her mouth upward, making a sound from deep in her throat as his mouth meets hers. They are a fervent crash. A slam of bodies in the ocean. He thrusts his hands into her wet hair, cradles her head, and his teeth hit hers as he opens his mouth to capture hers. It's rough and fast, and she can do nothing but anchor her toes in the sand beneath the surface. She is gripping his waist as he fuses his lips to hers, grunting so loud it sends shivers up her back in the heat of the coming island dusk. Despite the rush of need, the way his hand carelessly pushes her bikini top up and brazenly exposes her to the ocean as he flicks his thumb across her nipple, this isn't sexual. He does the same to her sometimes when he sees her scars. There will be no foreplay, so she pulls herself from him and turns back, heading for the stairs. She pulls herself out of the ocean, and he's right behind her, his footsteps heavy and demanding. They won't make the room. Not this time. Not when it's about the scars. Dripping wet, she barely has time to lay on the padded lounge chair, tugging off the rest of her dangling bikini top. He's on her then, his eyes virulent and possessive. He takes care of her bikini bottoms. They land unceremoniously on the deck by his feet. Then he's between her parted thighs, dropping the back of the lounge chair so she's fully horizontal. He's crawling between her legs, touching her to make sure she's slick and ready. She cries out with pleasure when he thrusts fast into her. He's big and thick and just rough enough, he fills her, and she keeps her eyes open, staring at the deep orange that is blossoming across the sky as he fucks her. Her hands clutch at his ass, his wet skin, her forehead finally pressed against his shoulder as he moves, Rolling his hips and widening her legs as he grinds deep into her. He fits inside of her, and that is the miracle that she can feel a part of him in her belly, that he can stretch her like this, that he can move in her body, and that she can feel the slide of him. In and out, he is inside her, and it is inconceivable. She was made to receive him like this, to slip her leg around his hip to let her other foot fall to the deck so she can use the leverage to lift her pelvis to him. He makes a sound every time. It's a breaking, a discovery, a desperation. He's a wild thing in her, rutting in her to find some relief. She grabs at him, at twenty-some years, at who they were when they were young. He pushes her legs wider, some version of her name falling from him. He claims her. The claims flash across her memory. The bullpen, the bullets, the bullshit. The fear some nights, the joy when they'd won. He is grinning at her while they were read the riot act. He's screaming at her as he races towards her. He's staring at her across the box, and they will break this one. He's holding a cup of tea out towards her. Unsure of how she likes it when for years he could make her coffee better than she could. He's the one she runs to when she's got blood on her hands. He's the one she runs from when she can't separate herself from him any other way. He's the name she cried out for when the hell in her head had threatened to win. And now, he is the one she calls out for when the pleasure overwhelms. Her fingertips dig into the flex of his muscles to hang on. My husband, she thinks. My husband. The idea of it explodes within her, and it is always startling when it is her mind that makes her come before her body does. She tells the air around her about him, how she loves him. She says it over and over again. I love you. I love you. I love you. The waves listen. They come in, take her vows to him and carry them off to a place where they are eternally safe. He follows her over a minute later, spilling into her. When he's done, he cradles her head to his shoulder again, brushing her hair with his hand. He's muttering thank you to some deity, and she knows she isn't meant to hear it. They lay there for a long time after, woven together and absolved the evening sky giving way to the black ink of an unmarred, star-filled planetarium. The night is so heavy with humidity that she can almost pick the moisture out of the air with her fingers. She sits on the edge of the deck, feet dangling just above the ocean. The waves are stronger now, the tide is coming in, and when they crash up against the Shangri-La, they sometimes wet her toes. She is wearing nothing but a long muslin white shirt that falls off one shoulder, and her hair is long and unruly, curling into her eyes and over her cheek. There are no lights out on the ocean, and the only water beneath their villa is illuminated and clear. The edge of the world. The Indian Ocean and him, both impossibilities and so overwhelmingly real that she hasn't really said much since they'd arrived. She is content to just be here with him in a cocoon of air and wind and sea. They'd ordered room service and sat on the outside table by the lanterns, wordless as they ate. He opens the French doors that separate their room from the deck now, and she turns to watch him emerge. He steps out into the night completely naked. Her eyes widen because it still surprises her how free he is with his body. In the years between the then and now, he'd become bolder, less apologetic. It's what happens, he had said, when you live for so long in deep disagreement with God. He steps into the pool and she bows her head, admiring the clear ocean floor between the sets of waves. They come in threes tonight, the beginning, the middle, and the after. The first wave comes barreling in. The second is just what is left in its wake. The third, though? The third one takes its own sweet time and then rolls in, clearing the way for calm for just a little while. The waves are them, and she finds herself comforted by their understood rhythm. The wind is picking up just a little bit now, ruffling her shirt further off her shoulder, lifting her hair and sliding it across her face. She tucks it behind her ear as she hears him make his way to the closest edge of the pool, just a few feet to her right. She looks up at him and catches those darkening eyes of his. Sometimes she is overwhelmed with love, sometimes with ache. They had once been so noisy, so full of volume and volatility, in a city that moved at a frenetic speed. Yet here they are on a fragile island tonight at the cusp of the Shiviani Atoll, barely talking and nearly still, in a place utterly incongruous to their past, and yet still so perfectly them. He sees the difference in her now, and simply cocks his head. Tell me. Her eyes fill, the contentment in her so sharp that it closes her throat. I didn't know it felt like this. She confesses softly. Love? She smiles and ducks her shaking head. Peace. He laughs, low and satisfied. Come here. He drawls. So she shifts the few feet without rising, twisting her feet from dangling over the ocean and into the warm pool. His hands grip her calves tugging her to the edge and onto a place where the water soaks the bottom of her shirt. He reaches up and fills his hand with her messy hair, holding it back and just looking at her. His other thumb slides across her lips, testing, touching, simply because he can. And then, he tugs her forward again. She leans back, elbows braced against the gray planks of the still, sun-warmed deck. She knows what he's doing when he parts her thighs again, and she lets her head fall back in supplication as his hands slide up the inside of her legs. His mouth traces upwards, and her gaze lands on the stars above her when his tongue finds her. She's splayed for him beneath the untouched, endless Indian Ocean sky. The sheer safety of the moment makes her sleepy the promise of another sun-drenched day looming on the morning horizon. Her hand drifts over the back of his head. Her ring catches the moonlight, a star fallen from the sky to bind them. His mouth closes over her, and she arches, admitting everything she needs to the sea and to him. I love you, Olivia, he murmurs against her stomach. She finds Era then. Zeus's decreed altar a constellation that represented winning the fight, and she focuses on it after he tastes her lazily once again. He does these things to her because he can, because she lets him, and because she's done fighting the pull of the tide that has always said that he belonged to her, and that she always has completely belonged to him. Her eyes close, and she is his wife. His wife. And after all the years, they are finally alone, tangled up and gentle with each other beneath the heated, Maldivian sky. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page, and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.